Hi, my name is Annie Pankowski, and you're listening to College Hockey Talk. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, we have a very special guest. Joining us today is former captain of the Wisconsin women's ice hockey team, where she won a national championship in 2019, Annie Pankowski. She's one of the top players in the world today and is definitely a candidate to make the 2022 women's hockey Olympic team. And it was a great interview with her talking about her days in Wisconsin. But before we get to that interview, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow us on our social media pages on Instagram and Twitter at College Hockey Talk. Also follow us on our Spotify page and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating and review. Doing these things helps our podcast grow and helps new people find us. And I would truly appreciate it if you did that. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. I appreciate that as well. Let's not waste any more time. Here's the interview with Annie Pankowski. Enjoy, everyone. On today's podcast, we have a very special guest, Annie Pankowski. Annie was a Patty Kazmaier finalist in 2019 and captained the 2019 Wisconsin Badgers, who later went on to win the national championship. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and how's everything going? Yeah, of course. Happy to be here. I mean, COVID times are a little weird, but still in Madison, so can't complain too much. Yeah, and how's your quarantine been like overall, and what have you been doing to pass the time? Yeah, I mean, it's been kind of crazy. I'm still um, in school. I'm in veterinary school right now at the University of Wisconsin. So I still get to go to campus a couple times a week, which has been nice. But I spend a lot of time in this office uh, sitting in this chair and staring at the computer. So it's starting to get a little bit old. And, um, you know, I'm just trying to keep up with my studies and keep up with my training. Yeah, I hope all is going well. But I want to start off talking about before you went to Wisconsin, you are from California. How did you start playing hockey and fall in love in, with the sport, especially in an area where hockey isn't really that well known? Yeah, so um, my parents actually are, my dad is from the East Coast, and he went to a Cornell men's game with my mom when they first met. Um, and so my dad was a big hockey fan uh, growing up as a kid. And so when he moved to California with my mom, my younger brother, or my older brother actually, sorry, started playing, and I wanted to be just like him. So my sister and I both started playing hockey. And so I started in roller. Um, and the boys switched over to ice, and so I kind of went with them. Nice. And who was your favorite player growing up, and what part of their game do you try to emulate to your game? Yeah, my favorite player was definitely Paul Korea. Uh, I was a huge Ducks fan growing up as a kid, and um, I thought that he was just such an awesome playmaker and goal scorer, and I, I was just a huge fan of his. And before Wisconsin, you played for the Naha White in the JWHL. Talk about that experience and how it helped you prepare for college hockey. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I was from California, so there wasn't much hockey going on there when I was um, looking to get recruited. So I really had to find an option that put me in front of scouts and, and out there so that I could get those looks and those opportunities. And, and Naha really gave that to me. And we played a bunch of games and um, I was able to play in a bunch of different settings and I got a lot of experience. And I owe so much to Naha because I feel like I just gained um, a lot of confidence in the player that I was moving into college. Um, and so my time at Naha really helped me to kind of hone into what kind of player I was. And so it was one of my favorite experiences. You also had the opportunity to be a part of the U18 team for Team USA. What was it like to represent your country and play in that tournament in the national stage? 
yeah, I mean, it's really exciting, especially as a young kid um, from California. We don't normally um, get to see, like when I was growing up, we didn't really see much of that on like the normal scale. Like Twitter wasn't big. So I didn't really get a chance to see that there was a national team um, for a very long time. And when I had my first invite to a national camp, I thought this was the coolest thing ever. And I was definitely a deer in headlights, but um, getting a chance to play on the world stage so young was, was so much fun. And I still have some great memories and, and friends from those um, experiences. Yeah, and uh, talk about your recruitment process and what made you want to attend Wisconsin versus other schools. Um, my recruitment process was um, a little slow. I mean, my parents made me look at every school that that had offered or had expressed interest in me. And so I took the time to go to every school, um, or like my top five schools, and really decide what I wanted to do. And, and it was hard. I mean, I liked all of my options. I feel like everywhere I went, I could... Um, progress as a player and a person and find all the studies that I wanted to do. So um, in, I think the first time that I saw a Patty Kazmaier um, award happen, it was Megan Duggins and she was at the university of Wisconsin and I was very young. And so I just remember um, how cool that was and, and how amazing the Wisconsin Badgers were at that time. And I think that kind of stuck with me. And I think I always had a little bit of a bias um, towards going to Wisconsin before I had even seen it before, but um, yeah, so I waited pretty late to commit to Wisconsin, but I always knew I kind of wanted to go there. Yeah, and talk about Mark Johnson and the coaching staff, and what have they done for you for your hockey development and to improve your game as well? Yeah, I mean, I can't say enough great things about the coaching staff there. I mean, Mark has been amazing and just uh, cultivating excellence in that program, and he does a great job with all of his players, really, and just allowing us to to be us, and there's no real external pressure that he puts on us, and he just kind of holds us to that high standard and the same with, with Dan and Jackie. I mean, they expect a lot out of us. And I think that's what makes the program so great is it's not, um, it's not the yelling or screaming kind of demanding. It's the, we know that you can do it now show us type of expectation. And, and that's sort of just the precedent at Wisconsin. And what was the biggest adjustment you had to make after playing your first few college hockey games? Yeah. I mean, that was, that was definitely hard. I thought, I would um, come into college and it would be as easy as it was in high school for me. And I, and I don't think that was the case at all. I remember um, really struggling and, and wanting to wanting to um, give more to the team than what I was giving in the beginning, but it's definitely just a learning process and you just have to stick with it because it'll, it'll get better. Um, I think as you get the hang of it and you get more comfortable on the team and your role in the team and stuff like that. So I think as I settled in, I really found um, a good spot there. And how did you balance both academics and hockey at such a high level? Yeah, I mean, we get that question all the time as student athletes, right? I mean, how do you do it? But um, Wisconsin gave us every avenue to succeed. We had tutors, we had study time, we had set um, study schedules and lecture times and stuff like that that we had to be at. And so that kind of helped guide a schedule. But for me, I had a lot of internal drive and um, I have a lot of drive to succeed. And I've always really been that kid that's like, shows up exactly on time and does all the assignments that I have to do and stuff like that. So um, for me, it wasn't that hard to, to balance both. It's just a matter of um, putting in the time and the effort. And what was it like to play at Laban Arena as a player? And just talk about the atmosphere in that building, because every night seems it's always sold out and it seems like a great environment to play, especially as a player. Yeah, I mean, Laban was amazing. We had so many, I have so many great memories there with my family, with my teammates. Um, and just really the fans too. I mean, it was kind of incredible how many people were just so invested in our team and they knew us by name and the kids would 
like draw pictures and signs every game every game for different players and I think that was so cool and you know we we would have people lining up outside the rink two hours before so when we were getting there as players there would be fans outside in the winter waiting to get into the rink so I mean stuff like that is just really cool and and it's such a unique experience because there is a lot of places that we did play where there weren't very many people in the stands and you know Lebanon is just such a great atmosphere that we really got a really fun opportunity to to be a rock star in Madison. In your freshman year, you lost to Minnesota in the NCAA semifinal. Talk about your first tournament experience, and even though you lost, what did you take away from it? Yeah, uh, that was uh, an incredible experience to begin with. I mean, you always dream about the chasing the championship, and we got an opportunity to do that. And we were always a long-time rival with Minnesota, and all through my four years, it was just kind of the theme that ran throughout. It was like winning those winning those games against Minnesota meant a lot to us. And so we actually played them in my – sophomore year as well and it was just it's just different I mean that whole experience it's a different scenario it's a different setting there's there's so much pressure um and you can tell how bad everyone wants it so it feels like everything's on the line every single shift so I mean learning to play with that pressure has definitely um, been a theme throughout the rest of my career yeah, in your sophomore season you won your first ever WCHA championship against Minnesota's again Talk about what it was like to win your first league championship, especially against your biggest rivals. Yeah, I mean, anytime you can win a championship, it's definitely exciting. And and beating your rivals is one of the best feelings ever because those are the games that we that we hone in on and the games that when you're training are the ones that you think about when you're like, okay, it's a third period against Minnesota. Are you going to quit now? Or are you going to keep going? And so um, winning those games is definitely really exciting. And, and that one we did win in Minnesota, so that felt felt really good as well. Yeah, you then uh, you then went on to lose to Minnesota again, this time in the semifinals. What do you remember from that game, especially since it was an overtime? And did you learn anything from your previous season that helped you with that game? Yeah, I mean, those those games are heartbreakers. And, and that game in particular in New Hampshire was um, exhausting. And the, the ice was so big and there was so much effort and there were so many emotional swings in that game where it was like, we're going to win this game. And then it would not look good for a while. And then we we're going to win the game. And then it was like, really back and forth. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I just remember the defeat and like, I still remember that goal that went in and I remember the feeling of um, sitting on that bench and you just, just wanting more. Um, and those, yeah, those experiences definitely helped shape the team moving forward in general. You've had the opportunity to play in many cool places. What has been your favorite road arena you've ever played in? Oh, my favorite road arena. That's a great question. Um, I I loved playing in Duluth. I don't know if that's just because I always played well when we played in Duluth or if it was really the atmosphere, but I like the ice there. It was awesome. But, I mean, the next – I think, in my opinion, the next best, like, uh, rink to play in would be at Ritter. I mean, they, they have just as many excited fans to be there, and it's, and it's kind of fun to be in an atmosphere where everyone's rooting against you. And in your junior season, you made the national tournament again, this time beating Boston College in the semifinals. What did it feel like getting over the hump and making it to the national championship game? And what was your mindset heading into the game against Clarkson? Yeah, so that game, um, we so we beat um, Boston College in the in the final four, and it was really exciting. I mean, we we won the game with 16 seconds left, and and that excitement and that energy rolled into the finals because we had a team joke that we were jinxed or cursed that we couldn't make it past that that semifinal game. So um, to cross that hurdle was a 
was a big win for our team mentally and and rolling into that next game you know it was one of those games that you just put your heart and soul on the line and and you we outshot them by a lot I remember that I don't remember what the exact details were but it was one of those games where you know we couldn't get it bouncing our way we had a goal that was called back and just things that um, were very unfortunate and not characteristic of our team and you know sometimes that's just the way hockey is Um, but yeah that one was definitely a heartbreak as well. You did lose to Clarkson in that national championship game. What do you personally take away from that game and how did it help you heading into your final year at Wisconsin? Yeah, I mean, that game, um, I think after that game, I said hockey has a funny way of humbling you. And, and we were riding so high after we had beat that uh, beat Boston College at that time. And, um, you know, those those losses in those games are just just many like many frustrations that you have to learn how to deal with throughout life. So I think that's a bigger theme that I that I learned from that game. And, and I also kind of um, had that moment where I, I knew that our team could have won that game. Um, and so there was a lot of sadness and a lot of frustration for sure. Um, but yeah, that, that was a hard moment to, to see those teammates, especially the seniors who had to go out like that. And in 2018, you took a year off to pursue the Olympics. What was that year like for you? And what do you remember learning from that experience? Yeah, so that was a, a really hard year personally. I mean, it was a grueling scenario. We we trained and skated every day, three to four hours, and we would go home and um, just kind of hang out and wait to do it all over again. Um, so, I mean, it was definitely a physical grind and a mental grind as well, trying to perform at your best at, at every moment. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of adverse conditions, and, and we brought in some more players that we weren't expecting to bring in. And, um, you know, I – struggled through a lot of self-doubt as that whole process went on. And I think that is what ultimately led to my downfall is, you know, I, I didn't have great, I was playing my best hockey I think I've ever played, but I didn't have any confidence in what I was doing. And I think that that really um, was a deciding factor for me not making that roster. And you, but you were named captain of Wisconsin during your senior year. How honored were you when you found out and what type of leadership did you want to bring to that team? Yeah. I mean, being a leader at a school like, Wisconsin uh, uh, there's just so many legacy players that have come before me that were able to wear that C in that jersey and um, you know I feel like it was just a um, like a capstone of my career to just like hang my hat on the fact that uh, my teammates and the coaches chose me to be um, one of the co-captains also with Sophia Shaver who's just an amazing and amazing individual um, but yeah I mean I wanted to be the type of captain that led by energy and by intensity because that's kind of how I am. And um, when I, especially when I play and, and when I practice, I, I like to think that I bring that intensity almost every day. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to have fun with it because I knew that in my senior year, we only had one, we only had one more year left and, and I really wanted to win that national championship. What did you do mentally to get back into game playing shape after taking a year off? Yeah, it was hard. I mean, I, I ended up taking just a couple months off and um, I started slow in my mind. I just wanted to, you know, stay fit, feel fit. Um, and then as I got back into hockey, I, I kind of delved into those things that I loved about hockey instead of the gruel of making sure that I was the best or in the most physical shape. I just kind of fell back in love with the game and, and I did fun things and, um, you know, shot on goalies and, and, did parts of the game that, you know, maybe you don't focus on every day, but they are really what, what it's all about. And just reconnecting to that hockey community, I think is really what helped me. And Wisconsin has obviously been one of the top teams in the country for the past few years. 
what did your team do to maintain that success and what role did you want to play in that? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we, we at Wisconsin kind of had this like unspoken rule of excellence. Like we demanded it out of each other. The coaches demanded it out of us. And, and uh, the funny part too, is like, we knew we were great. Um, And so playing a part in that process, I think that um, I was really just a voice of reason. I mean, for us, it was a matter of not getting too high, not getting too low as the team. And there was a couple moments in that season um, especially losing to a team in Bemid- like Bemidji that we shouldn't have lost to um, late in the season. It was kind of a little road bump for us. And we were trying to figure out, okay, what is our team identity really? Because we shouldn't be losing to this team if we're going to try to make a run to a national championship. And it was just uh, for me as a, as a leader on the team and Sophia as well, we just kind of wanted to guide everyone into that even keeled, like come back to that feeling that we knew we were excellent and we knew we could win. Um, and that was really just our main course going through to the finals. At what point during the regular season did you know that your team was capable of winning a national championship? I think I knew right away. I mean, you come, we train all summer at Wisconsin together and, and you can see the skill the freshmen bring and, and you already know what the rest of the team can bring. And so when I saw the, the arsenal that we had, I was really excited and I knew that there was a lot of players who, um, who really wanted it and who were really heartbroken and, and felt the losses of the previous years. Um, so I knew that we had that little fire brewing right underneath this team. You won the WCHA that year after winning that league title, what was your mindset heading into the tournament? So we, um, as a team, like I said, we had that confidence and moving forward for us, it was just kind of the next foot, the next step, one foot in front of the other. Um, but heading into the tournament, we, really just wanted to to show our best. And that was, I think, what we fell short of. I know speaking with Emily Clark and, and Maddie Rolfes, who were my classmates um, in those other years that we had lost, it was just a matter of confidence because we knew we had the, the skill to do it, but we were missing that it factor. Um, and we, we never really put a name on what it was, but it was just that understanding that we were there to win. Um, and I think that was what was different in my senior year. You beat Clarkson in the semifinals that year. How good did it feel to beat the team that eliminated you the previous year when you played? And talk about that game. Yeah, I mean, that was an exciting game going into it. Uh, you know, you you have that anxiety. You can't stop reliving, you know, two years ago, getting losing in the finals. And, and for a lot of us, it was redemption. I mean, that team won a national championship and we watched them celebrate on the ice in front of us. And, and just that feeling of, never wanting to feel that way again, I think drove a lot of us. And that was just a really exciting game. I know um, it was just a, a really hard fought battle. And as soon as we got up a goal or two, it started to feel like we really had this, this uh, frozen four in the bag. You had the opportunity to participate in many frozen fours. What's the atmosphere like at those games and just the whole experience off the ice as well? Because I went to one frozen four for the men's side in 2015 in Boston it was really interesting how they did the whole red carpet experience and how they treated the players and just the whole atmosphere. Yeah, totally. I mean, that was what I was going to touch on for sure is that they make you feel like it's important, whether you knew what game you were playing in or not, just the lead up to it, all the, all parts of it. Um, the red carpet's definitely exciting. I mean, it's really fun to have our band there to welcome us in stuff like that. It's, it's a, um, a nice little reminder that what's at stake is, is a lot bigger than just hockey. It's, it's a lot of school pride and um, a lot of personal pride as well. And talk about the play from your defense and your going during that tournament, because you allowed zero goals throughout the entire tournament. 
Um, just talk about their play and how it helped your team win the championship. Yeah, I mean, they always say defense wins championships. And um, I think uh, Soupy, Kristen Campbell, was just incredible. And Kristen and I were pretty good friends uh, through her senior year um, as well. And I, we made these vision boards in our room. And so she had one that had um, the Quinnipiac rink on there and she had that game and the frozen four in her mind every day every time she woke up in the morning she saw that ring so there wasn't a doubt in my mind that Supi would be prepared and be ready to go and I knew that with our defense in front of her they're just so solid and so experienced I think we were just really lucky in the team that we had that year you won your first national championship beating Minnesota what emotions were you feeling after winning that game especially since it was your final collegiate game yeah that's um that's a good one I mean that that feeling still gives me goosebumps. I have pictures from that feeling, those right after the right after winning, um, all over my house. I have like my national championship trophy. The net is right behind me, and so those are things that I keep around because that feeling is like you've been chasing it for so long, and and it's been the cornerstone of why you train and why you practice, and um, you know just it's it's the summation of excellence, and that feeling on the ice was just incredible. And I remember just wanting to sit there and soak it in for forever. Um, but if I could relive it, I wish I could. Yeah. And is it cool that that was your final collegiate game, especially since, you know, like most people get eliminated their final game. So was it cool just to win it, even though it was sad that you were going to move on from Wisconsin hockey? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, bittersweet's a great word. Um, I, I didn't want to leave and I still want to go back and go play there. Um, but to go out on the note we did, I don't think I could have asked for a better ending to um, an amazing career at Wisconsin. No, you were a Patty Kazmaier finalist in that year. Talk about what it was like to receive that honor and to see Lauren Gable win that award when you were a finalist. Yeah, I mean, that's that award is is just a, an, an awesome cornerstone and acknowledgement for a great player in um, women's hockey. And so at that point, I knew uh, Lauren Gable and Megan Keller were both amazing candidates. And honestly, it wasn't about winning that trophy. I was more focused on on winning the national championship trophy and, and everything else was just ancillary, in my opinion. But I am like, very honored to be in that group, um, especially because whoever won it would have been is very deserving of the award. I want to ask you some questions about some of your teammates you had the chance to play with. Presley Norby was one of the top college players in the past few years. What was she like as a teammate, as a person as well, and how did she contribute to that national championship win? Yeah, Presley was, uh, she was always that like little energy kid that you could always rely on. And she was always going at a, at a hundred miles an hour. Um, and that was something I really appreciated out of her. And she always brought, brought a smile every day, even on the days when we didn't want to be there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I remember looking at her before we, played our final game and I um I told her on the bus as they're walking in or maybe it was after practice one of the days and I was like I was like you know your line is going to win the game for us and um she was like smiling because she knew um and that was something that was really special so yeah you also had got the opportunity to play with two Olympians and Emily Clark and Sarah Nurse talk about what they were like as teammates and off the ice as well yeah, I mean, Emily and Sarah are a really fun duo, and we got a really we got a great run there playing together for a little bit in, in my junior year. Um, and I can't say enough great things about those two. I mean, the love that they have for the game, for, you know, the team and, and the program is just incredible. And I'm smiling now because I wish that we could still be playing on the same team and we still get to joke around and, and uh, share, those, share those moments and reflect on those memories when we get together. And it's just so special. The two of them are um, – just incredible friends and incredible hockey players. 
We're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast. My first question is, what's your favorite class you've ever taken at Wisconsin? Ooh, my favorite class. I took a really cool African storytelling class. Um, it was taught by a man who had um, years and years of experience of gathering oral stories from Africa. And he came and he shared them with us. And I think it was just an overall awesome experience. What type of music do you like to listen to? Um, I'm all over the board. I like country music, but when I'm working out, um, I'm not afraid to put on some rap or some remix stuff. Who's your go-to artist before a game that gets you fired up? Oh, before a game. I like, um, Kygo. I like to just like, yeah, like feel, um, I don't know. I like to listen to upbeat music for sure. Now who had the best style in Wisconsin women's hockey besides yourself during your time there? Are you talking style on the ice or style, uh, the pregame yeah. style? Both, yeah. Ooh, pregame style. I think Maddie Rolf has always dressed really nice. She graduated with me and was my roommate for a couple of years. So I always, I always loved her style. And then on the ice, I mean, it's hard to pick. I, I feel like we all, um, we all did a very good job of, of our upkeep, but I think Clarkie has a pretty good style. I mean, she works the flop on her skates pretty well. So. Um, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Oh, that's an interesting question. Who would it be and why? I think I would be Michelle Obama right now. I think it'd be cool to just to like, just to, you know, hear her side of life and, and really get to know her personally. I think she's an amazing role model for women and I would just love to get to know her better. Now back to some final hockey questions. What should be done to help grow women's hockey, especially here in the U.S.? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very pressing question right now, especially because, um, there is no hockey on TV that's not men. So I think it's really hard for young girls to get excited about hockey when they only see boys on TV. Um, but I think it has to start at a grassroots level. I think we need to encourage all girls to, you know, um, step out and pick up a hockey, pick up a hockey stick and see what it's like to play. Um, and I hope that I can help facilitate that and help kids pick up the stick for the first time and, and really fall in love with the game. Now, have, what's your thoughts on the Wisconsin team now, and what, your, what are your expectations for them going into next year? Yeah, I, I you know, um, played with two years, I think, of this team, and um, I'm just really excited for them, and I hope they get, a, they get a season out of this year, whatever it looks like. Um, I'm hoping to go back and be an assistant coach, a volunteer assistant coach. Um, so I don't really know too much about the freshmen, but I, I hope I can give you a better idea later on when they get going. Now, what have you been up to since graduating Wisconsin hockey-wise? I'm still playing with the national team. I've um, been doing a couple events here and there. We don't really have a set team. I'm playing in the PWHPA, which is our players association. Um, I'm on the Minnesota roster, so I get to play with them. I just drive up there and whenever we have games and, and stick with them. But um, I've been skating a lot at a rink nearby and just trying to stay fit and stay sharp. Was well, there any shout outs you'd like to make before we let you go to any former teammates, friends, or family members? Um, shout out. No, I mean, there's just so many people on my, in my life that helped along my hockey career, especially my, my teammates, and my parents and my family have been, um, just incredible. And just, we have some amazing memories in Madison that I, that I hope some other kids get to experience as well. Well, thank you so much, Annie, for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it so much. I wish you all the best in the future and stay safe and have a great week. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I uh, just wanted to say thank you so much to Annie for coming on the podcast. I truly appreciate it, and I wish her nothing but the best uh, moving forward. 
in her hockey career and in other things in life, and I know she's going to do great things. Um, only college hockey news that happened this week was RPI and Union both announced that they will not be playing their college hockey seasons. I feel bad for all those players that don't get a chance to compete and try to win a national championship, and my heart goes out to them. And it just truly stinks that some teams are not really giving their students an opportunity to participate in this year's um, season. But you know what? I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, and I'm not the one making those decisions, so I have kind of... I have really no idea what's going on behind the scenes, so I can't really say if it was a right or wrong decision for the schools, but it was still a tough decision for those kids that um, play for those teams, especially the seniors. And now the ECAC, I assume, would not happen this year. I don't think you can do a conference with just three to four teams. I think that'll be a bit tough, so I'm assuming those schools will either go independent for this season or find a way to have an ECAC season, which I think will be dumb with only four teams, but we'll see how it goes. Um, we'll preview this weekend's games on to Friday's episode, so be prepared for that. Be on the lookout for that. Um, but until then, take care, everyone. Have a great day, and bye. Wanna shake the ground, wanna break away, let loose. I'm tired of waiting, gotta make that move. All the need they shout to me and you to write a story Wanna shape the new Let's move.